0: hello guys and welcome to AOA Talks my name is Faisal UK I'm the creative director of Arc, and I'll be hosting this podcast I'll be posting live Instagram talks that I have with notable figures in architecture and design these talks are conducted live on all of ARKE's Instagram page that's at all underscore of underscore ARKey so without any further ado let's get into it AOA Talks I'll just give a brief introduction for people who might not know who Rina is. Um, She's an architect and a a serial entrepreneur. Um, She's the founder of Sign Architecture, uh, founder of Cozio, founder of Mascara Hero. Uh, She worked at Zahadid Studio, and uh, she studied at uh, Studio Sejima as well. So we're gonna be talking about a bunch of interesting topics today. Uh, So um, I'll just get straight into the questions. so how did you get interested in architecture um, or specifically parametricism? Because it's not such a known um, a known style of architecture. Uh, most architects around the world, most students don't know about parametricism. So how did you come across it and how did you get interested in it?
1: So I have to start that I come from Costa Rica, where is where I'm at the moment. Okay. And I st- Started to study architecture in 2004, something like this, very long ago. And okay. at that time, there was even less uh, digital, let's say, knowledge uh, available. Yeah. And uh, I was struggling in my university because I I knew I wanted to learn how to build um, organic shapes. And there was no way uh, my teachers could, like, guide me or help me <laughs> in my country. And, right, nice. and then I changed universities in my country. I try different uh, universities looking for this, I do not say, like, professor <laughs> who will <laughs> teach yeah. me how to build curves. And there was, like, in one university, a friend hand me a magazine where there was uh, Saha's work and uh, Patrick's work. And, yes. also, and also it was a work from the code studio that they have or research group they have. Yeah. And that was very interesting for me. And then I knew there was somebody, like let's say, experimenting and things that I was interested uh, at that time.
0: Awesome, awesome. So uh, who's your favorite influencer or or your most influential architect? I'm going to guess it's Zaha and Patrick, maybe?
1: (laughs) Not really. uh, The truth is uh, Gaudi. uh, When I was Ah, like 12, I had my first trip to Europe. And I experienced uh, Gaudi's architecture. And I knew uh, curvature, organic architecture, was possible so that was like my i will say it's still my biggest influence
0: awesome awesome yes Anthony Gaudi is he's a master he's a master um so you worked at uh, ZHA and uh, i'm sure a lot of people here would sort of love to hear the experience of working at uh, at ZHA and yeah. if you have maybe a story about Zaha that you can share with us
1: yes i mean i Most of the time uh, I had with Saha was in the studio, like as a student, and part of the student life, uh, it was a semester where I was not a student, but I was working for her. But that was part of the university time. Okay, okay. So that was kind of an internship, uh, and it happened uh, in China. So I was working in the China, in the Beijing office, and it was they just finished the one um, building, and we were starting, or the the office was starting to um, go to DD of Lisa, the tower that is now finished, this just right, finished. Right. And so yes, it's since you are students of Saha, uh, you are already kind of part of understanding the culture of the office so it was not not hard at all um, to be in the office because it's basically the same culture that she has in her studio with her students so she will she will be asking a student same level she will ask in the office and she will ask the student the same if you are first year student or a fifth year student the same level of uh let's say hard work and, and detail or so I, I think she has like this um high standard. She used to have these high standards everywhere for everybody and that's yes. that's kind of the experience.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. And that was in Austria, right? Institute yeah. of architecture.
1: Awesome. It's the applied applied art um uh, university. University of applied arts applied arts. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome, awesome. And um, so what sort of motivated you to start your own firm? Uh, to start your own company? Because it's, it's quite hard for you know, students, graduates, um, young architects to kind of venture off on their own. Uh, yeah, what, sure. what motivated you and gave you the confidence to start your own firm?
1: So Sina started when I was in the studio of Sahadit, and we started to wanted to build things. And okay. so Matias and I, who Matias is now my husband, and we met in the studio of Sahar as students. And I think we both started 2010. And after two years, um, we started with Sina, the name. And it was more to build things. Like uh, we were interested in digital fabrication. And because of my roots of coming from Costa Rica, I like the challenge to build Digital, to use digital fabrication in my country. So that was the goal, like to, to use this expertise, but somewhere where it was not uh, yet possible, right? There were no machines, there were no CNC, uh, there were no laser cuts. Uh, maybe a few, two companies doing laser cutting, but for other, um, let's say, fields, and they were not willing to laser cut you uh, some small project. And so that was kind of the, it was, it's never, it was never like, I want to have my own company. It was like, I want to build um, things. We wanted to build things.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And did you, did you plan to also make this a sort of social media platform when you started Was this? Um,
1: No, not at all. So it was just um, when I was, I, I started using Instagram when I went to China For this internship and i thought this is really cool um content or like let's say uh, things that i'm experiencing and many people in my country the same could never see these things or like like this mega scale of china construction and things like that so i started posting things of of that and then i came back to finish my the university and i was very briefly in charge of the social media of the studio it. and i wanted to post like everything no filter no you know no, no not very curated right, just like right, right. what was happening in the back of the studio and some people didn't like that so i thought <laughs> i thought okay i don't need to do it in the official page i will do it in our page so I have all the freedom to do what I want.
0: Right, and now, now sort of the social media um, culture is more popular now. So, mm. do you think it's a, Do you think it's going to be almost like a necessity within architecture? Do you think it's going to be almost like a, like an extension of the portfolio to have a brand or a presence on so- social media in the future?
1: It depends of your goal and your personality, like none of our, I have never get a project from social media. I never get a client from social media. So (laughs) it's, if you see all of our communities, architects and, and the goal of this, it was to share and so others could avoid some mistakes or see what's possible to do. But it was never really to get clients. Right, so it's it, has more ne- for... it has never worked to get clients
0: <laughs> it's more for sort of networking and uh, sharing with other uh, professionals as well
1: yeah than, i think it, it was just to make more accessible to others what was happening or what we were experiencing and sure. I, I i think if you're an architect and if you make your brand and, and it's you need to know if all your followers are architects that there's not a project coming from there it's it's, it's it could be your new portfolio it is nice to have i mean um, yeah. but it's, it's it's not really let's say profitable for work
0: <laughs> okay and i was speaking of projects um, can you just take us through your latest project the viewing platform in in uh, austria
1: yeah can you maybe tell us a bit a bit about it that's like a pure digital and uh, exercise uh, we got commissioned from a producer of wood.
0: I'll just sh- share some pictures of it.
1: Yeah, so there's Here's a... The- this is like a very, let's say, very traditional facade that you can find in in Austria, the way this facade is designed. So in right. this... In this project, it was more about the materiality. If you can do some, let's say, retake of that um, type of finish, so it doesn't always look the same. But it, and it's, it's going to be published in a magazine, and it's, it was just to show what it could be, kind of some traditional woodwork uh, with a new, let's say, concept or a new possibilities, new Geometries,
0: right? And would you say this is a parametricism, or do you have <laughs> your own style of architecture that you, that you practice?
1: Yeah, I like. I really believe it's it's not possible to to have styles uh, anymore. Like it, before things were changing so slowly, universities were teaching the same, and you could yeah. kind of industries will change in and slower. So you could kind of have an epoch style. And right. I think na- now I see I had parametric tools that I use uh, for that problem, to solve that problem.
0: Right, but you wouldn't classify yourself as a parametricist. Parametricist, <laughs> you're, you're sort of, you sort of have your own approach and style of architecture, but you just use the parametric tools.
1: Yes, that's how I see it. That's how I see
0: awesome. it. Awesome. And do you think this is sort of where um, architecture in general is headed? Everyone's going to have their own approach and style, and they might use similar tools to get to yeah. sort of uh, accomplish. I think,
1: I think people will start to look around them and see what's around them, what's available. And yeah. and you need people will need to become more creative and do things that, the, because what you see is done so far away, and with this crisis, you notice: okay, there was no, uh, like, say, exchange of woods, and we cannot depend of China forever, or we could, but it's not the right thing, let's say, or it's not right for me, at least. It's
0: not sustainable.
1: So it, yeah. So I think people, I think people will just like, okay, why? What is around me? and what can I do with that? I think that's hopefully what will happen. Do
0: you think that's sort of the the main thing that we should move forward with when it comes to post-pandemic architecture? Sort of using uh, local materials and uh, readily available tools and materials to fabricate. Do you think that's sort of the most important thing?
1: It's not just like what's available, but if it's not available, then you can make it available to you, right? So you shouldn't limit yourself to okay, I only have, I don't know, x material here, bamboo or whatever, and I only can do that. But you know, like you also you could also create industries that are not existing in your country, or you could right. start producing things that are not and you need. So it's, it's you shouldn't limit yourself, but you should think about how to move the economy around you and 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 start. I don't know, this interests me much more than, than like try to, to do something that is not really fitting where I am. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. And uh, speaking of sort of space or physical space, uh, let's move to the virtual a little, a little bit. Um, I know you're into AR and VR. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, the current state of architecture, and how it's being used? Uh, what do you think about it?
1: Um, <laughs> It's funny. Uh, I I think it's a nice to have. It's like an extra thing. But I, I don't. I was more interested to see if this crisis will discover that people actually like it. But it kind of completely killed it. Like it it shows you. Like have you um, do you own a VR head? Uh,
0: no no i don't okay. i've used i've used some but i don't know
1: but you don't feel the need to use it daily right
0: true true <laughs> it so hasn't I, yet gone so important that i need to help
1: and it it will not go in these years because this crisis was the perfect moment to happen like you're at home you will need to connect virtually but still you didn't need a virtual world to connect you think maybe
0: then it's it's sort of our job as architects to make that happen? Because we haven't fully engaged with VR yet. You think we should start sort of designing virtual reality uh, environments where that could happen? Instead of having to, you know, Zoom meetings, we can have sort of virtual environments to have those meetings. You think that's something uh, that's possible?
1: It is possible. I, I was in the industry for three years now. I, I have been there, and I think it's you cannot not force people into 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 these things. these are like trends it 's like when the mobile came and now everybody really needs a mobile but nobody forced anybody to get a mobile. It was just convenient and it's, it is convenient so you got everybody got a mobile doesn 't matter here like in an emerging country where i am doesn 't matter what 's your job what's your uh, so, like social economical um, let's say position you find yourself mobile because it enables you to work to communicate you need it right. and vr ar is not is far from that so yeah. it, as architect you, we are not supposed to force people into spaces we are right. supposed to to just respond to what know. they need exactly exactly yeah. so i after 3 years of, of pushing that i my view changed a lot
0: <laughs> okay, okay, um, and uh, in terms of pushing that, you know you're a serial entrepreneur you started a bunch of companies. do you think it's, uh, it's important for architects to diversify in today's world? you think it's important for us to get into fashion, tech, product, and all these yeah. different disciplines
1: i mean it's just not not just for architecture this is for any person you cannot have uh, one income stream. You cannot just have one job because right. you can lose it very easily. Now it's showing, right? So people who yep. had two jobs, now it's actually very good for them because maybe yep. one still survived the COVID. Exactly. exactly. But if you, if, you, if you are handy, if you know more than one thing and if you are, let's say, curious and you learn more things, that's, that's, there's no way that you can survive now with one one trick, like things are changing too fast and jobs are becoming obsolete. So you yes. you should push yourself to 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 do other things.
0: Right, have different skills, have different sort of uh, disciplines that you can tap into. And yeah. uh, speaking of that, um, you have Cozio app, you have uh, Mascara Hero. Uh, can you maybe tell us a little bit about them?
1: Yes, um, so... Many of these companies are closing in the cycle, so Cosio app. It's, it, it's a technology that was meant to solve.
0: okay. I just my. post a picture of
1: it? Ah, yeah. So basically, you, it, it's an AI interior designer. That's, that's the idea. And right. we, work, we work on it three years, and now the company is closed. And very recently, just in the same time of the COVID, let's say, it happened. And we are trying to sell the technology, but it's not, let's say, a priority. And right. there are many companies interested in buying it, but it's still a, a let's say, big time until that happens. is not so easy.
0: Right. Right, but it's it's quite a cool technology. You sort of have this interface where you can you can see the furnitures, potential furniture that you want to buy for an interior space. So this could be a sort of B2B or B2C business. You could have you know interior companies, architecture companies using it to show clients, or you could have clients that want to buy products using it. So it's quite a cool it's quite a cool piece of tech.
1: Yeah, many many people use it. Like we had real estate companies using it to sell uh, flats. Uh, that was the most successful business side. There was uh, furniture companies using it, but they they were too behind in 3D models and uh, knowledge so that was very very let 's say hard and they were the direct to consumer but there was there was like the huge uh, marketing money missing for that
0: right right right. And uh how about uh mascara here? This is a new initiative that you started? <laughs> yeah. This is just to, like to three to everything going on.
1: <laughs> 3 months old or 2 months old and I just had the to... so in Costa Rica everything started a bit delay compared to Europe or America. So yeah. it we had the first case let's say maybe 1 month after America and and so we had we see it coming and I was here for holidays and then we I just saw okay we will need to have masks Um, at the beginning I wanted to import or the machine to produce the 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 um, throwaway masks and that was not possible because of the long waiting times of sending things from China the high prices and at the end okay what can I do with what's around me and then I decide to produce uh, reusable masks. And I had the goal to, to sell 1000 masks and um, they're already passed that goal. And um, awesome. this, is, awesome. <laughs> that's, this is very exciting.
0: Awesome, awesome, that's great, that's great. Um, and uh, in terms of sort of all of this, do you have uh, any advice for students or young architects or sort of fresh graduates uh, <laughs> that are you know, going through this, this tough time?
1: yes yes um let's let me see what's useful to say uh, I think you you cannot force yourself to something you don't like really if you are not so good at something, just try something else and you need to be you need to find it easy to have like a let's say competitive uh, edge compared to your competitor. So basically yeah. if you feel you're going to start something it should be because you are very good at that, right? Absolutely. I I feel and sometimes you force yourself you want to do this, it's very hard to be something you cannot see. Like that's why I really like to let's say admire you see people and but in many fields and it's very hard for you not to try to follow them but you know like in architecture I feel that these mega star architects are very hard to to follow because they they got there when they were six six years old and you're like okay I just finished university what do I do now till 60 (laughs) so it's useful and I think I think you need to rethink what's your what's the new dream of an architect because the world is quite different and To have this mega office with thousand employees is really not. It shouldn't be the dream, or I cannot tell people what to dream, but it's not my (laughs) dream. It's not realistic to the world, you know. So you should really, yeah. yeah, And 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 it's mine. You might not even enjoy it, right? Right. Because it's not easy to have so many employees, and you should really. If, if you really admire these architects, it's it's amazing, but you should really obsess in that, right? You should really obsess in your own path and what you could discover because they got there because they followed their own uniqueness. and right. so you should try you should try things and and my only advice is will be not to wait for anybody to give you permission or like people are like, ah, "I'm waiting this person to help me." or I will do it with this other person. And that's, uh, that never works. You need to do it by yourself, like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you so much. Um, So we have one question from ARC, a fan question. Um, This is from Abdurila Yusuf. And he's asking, what should we be concerned about the most and least when designing parametric architecture?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well. I will think it in general or the most and the least. Um, you shouldn't be concerned that you don't know how it's going to look at the end. All I right. think that was the old way to design, that when you were start, you had this idea in your mind, you made a sketch,
0: and All that's right. it. top-down approach.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you should be free to explore different solutions and throw away solutions that are not good you yeah. shouldn't be attached to your work i will say
0: right it's all about having as many iterations as possible and then finding whichever one is best exactly awesome awesome well thank you so much for making time for us <laughs> this was this was great thank you so much for you're welcome questions very nice and, uh, to meet you <laughs> it's awesome to meet you too awesome awesome thank you so much you're welcome Bye -bye. bye bye